1: 18
0: plus welcome to the early bird podcast for friday's mlb slate of course we are sponsored by super Draft. adam man as always uh appreciate time always great to do a show with you to talk about uh what's coming up on on friday's slate of mlb action man uh how's the week been treating you dfs wise
1: uh pretty decent um started out pretty poorly been been a rough start to the mlb and, and nba seasons for me but had a nice league of legends win last night so uh, that, that helped balance it out a little bit.
0: I've never gotten to the League of Legends. I just I
1: couldn't do it. I, I put it off for about as long as I could. Uh, I think everyone started playing you know, during quarantine, and I said I wouldn't. And then a month and a half or two months in, I finally started playing, and now it's like one of my most profitable sports. So I'm glad I did.
0: Yeah, I mean, if you had told me uh, we got to play uh, T.J. Warren of the Pacers every night, if you had told me that a week ago, I might have said you're crazy.
1: Yeah, that's a big reason why NBA season hasn't started very well for me. <laughs>
0: Yeah, but uh, of course, we are here to talk about uh, MLB coming up on Friday. Of course, we're sponsored by Superdraft. The future of daily fantasy sports has arrived. You want to experience Superdraft's exclusive game mode, multiplier, say goodbye to salary restrictions, and a load of line of freedom. Use your fantasy sports knowledge, draft any player you want, and build your very own dream team. Countless line of possibilities let you experience. Daily fancy sports the way you want. Superdraft offers contests for NBA, MLB, PGA, NASCAR, and MMA so you can enjoy the best of DFS all year round. Sign up for Superdraft today. Use the promo code AWESOME010, and it's $10 free on your first deposit of $10 or more, and $20 total free on your first deposit of $100 or more. Download in the App Store or play at Superdraft.io. Superdraft, no limits, more winning Of course. We're here talking baseball and baseball is back and get access to all the great Osmo plus tools and content for MLB DFS with a Osmo plus MLB weekly pass for 1595. This includes full access to Osmo's leading player projections, ownership projections, and the all new top pitchers tool and more. Get your pass today. Of course, uh, we got a big slate coming up uh, on Friday, all starting off at 6:05. Uh, the Orioles and the Nats.
1: Yeah, uh, not not on the DraftKings slate. I think it's on the FanDuel slate, maybe. But uh, yeah, Tommy Malone taking on Annabelle Sanchez. Um, you know, obviously a pretty decent matchup for Sanchez, but not a great strikeout pitcher there. Um, Tommy Malone has actually looked pretty decent this year. Um, strikeout stuff's been pretty good. Nats lineups watered down a little bit, but I still just have trouble trusting him on a a full slate. I mean, you have 13 or 14 games here through his first couple of starts. He struck out 35 percent of righties, 40 percent, 40 percent of lefties. But, you know, you go back and look at last year, only 18 percent of righties. Not not quite ready to buy into him on a full slate. So uh, not really looking to the pitching here. Uh, you know,
0: you mentioned about not part of the the main slate on on DraftKings. Neither is the Yankees and the Rays. Uh, that's obviously a game I'll be paying attention to as a, as a Rays fan. Uh, you know, Blake Snell and, and Tanaka going. I guess you know, obviously the thing here in Tampa about Blake Snell has just been about you know him getting stretched out enough to where he would be a viable option in DFS.
1: Yeah, for sure. Obviously, a really, really good pitcher, but he had said coming into the season that he thought it would take him three or four weeks until he was fully stretched out. And obviously, it's really difficult to be paying for someone that you know carries the salary that that Blake Snell does until he shows that he is ready to go.
0: Yeah, and we mentioned not on the DraftKings main slate there. Um, you know, someone's playing over Fanduel. Is, is there a, a batter you like in this game?
1: Not really. I mean, you have the the park's not great for hitting, playing indoors in Tropicana. Blake Snell obviously is really good. I mean, you have a lot of right-handed power on the Yankees, but it's not like it's a great matchup. Tanaka is good as well. You know, can give up home runs at times um, if you wanted to look to one of the left-handed power bats there. But you know, I, I really just have a ton of respect for both pitchers.
0: And of course, uh, the main slate uh, does start at 7:05. We got 13 games part of the main slate. Uh, two games that start at 7:05. First up, we got the Tigers and the Pirates. As we do this show, the Tigers have not officially come out and said who their starter is going to be.
1: Yeah, which always you know makes it <clears throat> makes it helpful. I'm seeing Matt Boyd potentially listed. Uh, if it is Boyd, I think he's a pretty interesting option. He's off to a slow start this year, but you know we we do know that he has good stuff. He can pile up strikeouts. Um, it, it looks like they have actually announced that it will be Boyd. He's made two starts this season. He hasn't been good in either one, but he did throw 88 and 89 pitches. The Pirates are not a great offense. Um, not the easiest strikeouts in the world, but. Um, Probably just a matter of time before Boyd starts getting it together. So obviously some risk because he's still not really discounted and he has looked really, really bad this year. But last year he struck out 30.5% of righties. So uh, I think that if ownership is off of him a little bit because of his recent performances, that it's a good spot to, to look to in tournaments because more, the, the chances are good that sooner, sooner than later he's going to go back to what he has been in the past.
0: Obviously, uh, we we talk about how bad the Pirates' offense can be. Um, is there anyone at all that intrigues you with their offense in this spot?
1: Josh Bell's still priced up. He's always the one guy that I would look to, um, especially in the lefty lefty matchup. You know, it kind of takes a lot of the shine off of most of these hitters because Fraser, Moran, uh, Gregory Polanco are all left-handed. You know, Kevin Newman's going to be a decent value at shortstop, uh, probably batting second, thirty six hundred on DraftKings. He'd probably be the guy that I, I get to the most um, from this Pittsburgh lineup.
0: Uh, Then we got the Braves and the Phillies. Of course, the Braves made some roster moves yesterday. Nick Marcakis now back into the fold here. You got Wright going for the Braves. And uh, Velasquez going for the Pirates – or the Phillies, excuse me.
1: Yeah, I think a pretty tough spot for both pitchers. Kyle Wright was decent his his last time out. Um, Atlanta's been pretty – has been keeping their young pitchers on pretty short leashes, though. 54 pitches and then 75 pitches for Kyle Wright uh, in, in his first two starts. Now you get a Phillies offense in Philadelphia, a uh, good hitter's park. I think it's going to be pretty tough to to trust Wright. And then on the other side in Velasquez, you have a pitcher that does have good strikeout stuff, a uh, really hard thrower, but also struggles with home runs, struggles with left-handed power. You have Freddie Freeman in this lineup. Um, as you mentioned, you have Markekis back, uh, a predominantly right-handed lineup, which – would make it somewhat appealing for a cheap Velasquez but just a lot of really good fastball hitters in this lineup as well Uh, I think I would rather be looking to bats in this game given the the fact that both of these pitchers can struggle with power especially Velasquez and this park plays up power
0: yeah I mean Velasquez I mean a 6900 on DK I was going to ask you would you at all consider him in that second pitcher spot the fact that the
1: Braves lead the league in, in strikeouts I don't expect that to continue, though. I mean, you have some guys in there that will strike out in Acuna, uh, Dansby, Swanson, OK, but Marquecas being back should knock the strikeouts down. He's always been a a guy that puts the ball in play. Freddie Freeman's a tough strikeout. Um, It's it's not the same Braves lineup as it has been in the past where it's really tough to strike out like. There are more strikeouts than in previous years, but I still think that the strikeout numbers come down. Um, as far as Velasquez at, at that price tag on DraftKings, I do think it's viable just because he does have good strikeout stuff. Uh, last year, he struck out 26% of right-handed hitters. And as I mentioned, it's going to probably be a predominantly right-handed lineup. So it, it's a boom or bust spot. If I had to only pick one side of it, I think I would look to the Braves bats. But um, he, he does at least carry more strikeout upside than, than most pitchers you're going to find at that price point.
0: You got the uh the Marlins and the Mets. Alcantara going for the Marlins, Waka going for the Mets. Uh the Marlins are back playing baseball, <laughs> I guess for you know, now I mean and now uh, I know LLB came out uh earlier today and, and basically all these makeup games are gonna have uh as we're doing this show. They're up on the Orioles six to four. Uh kind of what's your what's your thoughts on this one and, and what's what's like what's your take on the Marlins right now with in terms of DFS?
1: They're I think they're better than normal or better than they have been in the past. Like they're still obviously not a good team, but from a DFS standpoint – they used to be a team where it was just kind of like even if they they have a good game they don't really have anybody on their team that has a lot of upside. Now you do have someone in Jonathan VR that has that stolen base upside. You have a couple of power bats in Jesus Aguiar and uh, Corey Dickerson. So the lineup is is definitely more formidable than we'd seen in recent years. Um, I, I would say that I'm getting to Miami stacks more now than I, I mm-hmm. normally do. Still, obviously never feels great to make them a big part of your plans, but they're, they're a little bit more appealing as far as this game. um, I don't, I don't find either pitcher particularly good. Sandy Alcantara, maybe, you know, in a couple of years kind of puts it together, but um, not great strikeout stuff right now. It does walk a lot of guys. And I think the Mets lineup is, is a good one. So I'm um, definitely have interest in their bats. And then on the other side, Michael Waka last year only struck out 21% of hitters. Um, You know, generally lets you put the ball in play again. I'm not, Excited to get to Miami bats but uh, you know one offing Corey Dickerson from the left side or Jonathan VR for some stolen bases I think makes sense you you mentioned
0: about the stacks there and obviously that's we're always looking at those stacks either one of these teams even consideration on Friday as a stack.
1: Yeah, I think the the Mets are. I mean, it's a team that it's a pretty nice combination of cheap pricing and power bats really throughout the lineup. You know, even you look down to the number seven spot in the order or the eight spot, depending where he ends up. uh, Wilson Ramos has more power than most catchers, especially most cheap catchers. Uh, Michael Conforto is a really good hitter and probably shouldn't ever be forty two hundred dollars on DraftKings. Even Pete Alonso is only forty seven hundred. Brandon Nimmo is 3400. That's going to be one of the best values on the slate, most likely if he's leading off. Um, Jeff McNeil may be back in the lineup as well. The Mets are a pretty deep offense, even with uh, Jonas Cespedes deciding that he's not playing baseball this season. It's still a pretty deep offense. It's, it's still a team that I think offers a lot of upside and it's pretty cheap.
0: That Cespedes situation is so weird to me.
1: It, I, I'm glad he ended up being OK. Like The way that they announced it was just so <laughs> weird. Like uh, He's not here. We can't get in touch with him. We don't know.
0: Yeah, the, it, yeah. Like you, you read their statement, and then all of a sudden, like, oh, he's opting out of the season. You're like, okay, there's got to be some miscommunication somewhere in this chain.
1: Well, they said that they, they sent security to his hotel room and that he was gone. All of his stuff was gone, and he just like dipped out, and his agent told them mid-game that he wasn't playing.
0: Like, you would think that there would be someone in the hotel that would go, hey, um, he's got all his bags on him, and he's clearly not going to the ballpark.
1: Right. Like, yeah. Oh
0: man. Yeah. yeah. You, so, you would... <laughs> someone would
1: notice. You would think someone would notice the big, you know, six foot three, two hundred and forty pound guy walking out with like eight bags.
0: You would think. You would think some team security would notice that. You know, you got yeah. a man's team security's at the hotel twenty four seven. Then we got the uh, the Blue Jays and the Red Sox. Uh, Rourke going for the Blue Jays one zero with a one point eight zero ERA. Weber for the Red Sox zero and two with a eleven point five seven ERA.
1: Yeah, rough start uh, to the season for Weber, as has been the case for most Red Sox pitchers, not named Nate Evaldi. Um The Blue Jays have strikeouts in their lineup, but they also have tons of power. Uh, they're a team that I'll definitely be looking to here. Um, another team that, you know, the top of the order is kind of expensive, but you get some savings towards the bottom with with Travis Shaw, with Randall Gritchick, with Rowdy Telez, and it'll help you balance out this lineup so that you can get some good pitching with it, get some good one-offs with it. Ryan Weber certainly not a pitcher I'm shying away from. Um, on the other side, Tanner Roark is a, a decent pitcher. Strikeout stuff is generally better against righties than lefties. Last year, he actually was balanced a little bit more than than normal, coming in around twenty two percent to both sides. It's not the same Red Sox lineup, obviously, without Mookie Betts. That's a pretty big hole, but it's still a good lineup. Um, you know, it, it's not one that I'm really looking to pick on, especially when Roark's not that cheap.
0: Would you pay up for uh, JD Martinez?
1: I think he's it's it's never a bad idea, but it's not someone that really stands out to me because um, Roark is better against righties. And obviously in the outfield on a 13 game slate, you're just going to have a ton of really good options. At some point, he's got to hit a home run. Yeah, you would. I mean, yeah, <laughs> it, it's coming. <laughs>
0: you know, you just want to make sure that that's uh, in there. Uh, the Twins and the Royals uh, Smelts are going for the Twins and uh, Junis going for the Royals. Um. Is there a a bat that you like in this one?
1: Yeah, there's there's a lot of them. Um, <laughs> Jake Junis is he, he can get some strikeouts. He has a good slider. He should probably be a better pitcher than he is, but uh, gives up a lot of power, and that's not really something that you want when you're you're going up against this Minnesota team. So I like pretty much all the Minnesota bats. They're they're also not that expensive. Jorge Polanco really stands out at, at 3900 on DraftKings. On the other side, you have um, Devin Smeltzer going. For the twins, he is a lefty, so you're going to get the platoon advantage for um, Salvador Perez behind the plate for Jorge Soler for Whit Merrifield. Their prices have finally been bumped up, so they don't stand out like they did it earlier in the year. Um, I do think Perez in particular, because the catcher position always isn't is pretty shallow, will look like a good play.
0: Twins, a uh, favorite stack for you on Friday?
1: Yeah, they'll they'll be up there just because again, you know, Junis not great strikeout stuff. Um, last season he can't find. The, the page um, that I had open with, with last season stats, but um, no, if I remember correctly, around like a 22, 23 percent strikeout percentage uh, for Junis, um, he but, but he also gives up. Home, he also gives up home runs. So um, I think that for a team like Minnesota that doesn't have a ton of strikeouts in the lineup and does have a lot of power that sets up really, really nicely.
0: Uh, then we got the uh, the Reds and the Brewers. Uh, Bauer going for the Reds. He's one zero with a point six eight ERA. And Lauer going for the Brewers.
1: Yeah, Bauer, obviously um, a really good pitcher. He's also priced up. This Brewers lineup not as dangerous as we'd seen in, in, in recent years. Um, Lorenzo Cain obviously opted out. Ryan Braun's not. Uh, in, in the lineup. Um, Eric Sogard doesn't strike out a ton. Yellich is obviously a really tough out, but if you can get past those guys, there's a ton of strikeouts here. Keston Hero is a good hitter, but he strikes out a, a lot. Obviously, Al Garcia, okay, so will Smoke, so will Morrison. I, I think it's a, a good spot for Bauer, a 4.1 implied total right now for Milwaukee, a little bit higher than I expected, but I, I think that um, it, it sets up pretty nicely for Bauer.
0: Bauer's the highest uh, salary pitcher on the Friday slate at 10-6 on DK. Uh, next highest is Zach Grinky at ten two. Um, is it, kind of your thought is everyone's just going to be so highly on power that maybe if you want to be contrarian and you go away from
1: them? I, I mean, I think it's certainly doable, especially when you're talking about um, expensive pitching in tournaments. That's a sp- that's something that I'm I'm always fine with doing because mm-hmm. I think that tournaments are usually won with bats, and it's. There's not that many slates where the most expensive pitcher actually goes out there and puts up a score that you have to have. Uh, you know, he can go get twenty-five points and you can beat that but with bats. It's only when he really goes and gets that 35 to 40 point game that you're in trouble if you don't have them. Um, that being said, though, I think they're probably just from looking through so far, I think there probably is enough hitter value that it won't be that tough to get to Bauer and still make lineups that you like. You know, a lot of these stacks that I have thought have been in good spots so far, if the even if the whole stack isn't cheap, there's enough cheap hitters down in like the six and seven spots that I don't I don't think it'll be that tough to get the Bauer. Uh,
0: then we got to the Indians and the White Sox. I'm always looking at that Indians infield of Lindor and Ramirez. Um, they're always kind of two guys. It seems like every day I'm always looking at them when the Indians are playing. What's your thoughts about uh, this matchup?
1: Yeah, it's it's that part of their lineup is still really good. They they've kind of lost everything that that was going you know around it. Uh, you're getting Dylan Cease going for the White Sox. He's coming off of a six inning. Uh, start where he threw 83 pitches struck out four against kansas city this will be his second time facing cleveland this year uh, had a really rough start his, his first time out two and a third four earned runs only threw 64 pitches um it's he, he's a talented pitcher he's got really really good stuff still has control issues and he's really just not at a price point that i'm going to want to get to against cleveland if, if you're giving him to me at like the vinceville as you know 6900 price point i would be interested in just betting on his talent and hoping for the best but at 8,600, you're basically paying for his talent and not getting any sort of discount for the tough matchup against the Indians.
0: And of course, if you're interested in the MLB ownership projections, go over to Osmo.com right now. That is our free premium content up and will be ownership projections maybe you want to see how some of those hitters may stack up and what they're going to be in terms of ownership uh then we got the uh the cubs and the cardinals john lester on the mound for the cubs 1-0 with a 0.82 flary going for the cardinals he's 1-0 with a 2.57
1: yeah john lester pretty much one of my least favorite dfs pitchers Uh, (laughs) i like taking bats against him i just haven't thought he was good for years Um, tends to be better at getting out you know better being a real life pitcher than a fantasy pitcher um doesn't strike out a lot of guys you should get a pretty right-handed heavy lineup for the cardinals here which um won't do him any favors on the other side um do we have i don't see a pitcher listed for the so i'm seeing flaherty will make his next start sunday or monday um, well, the MLB—that's when I when I pulled the pitchers up here earlier
0: today. He was listed <laughs> as the uh, starter on MLB.com.
1: Daniel Ponce De Leon now for the Cardinals. Um, 85 pitches, three and two thirds innings against Minnesota. His last start. It's a decent price point on, at 7,500 on on DraftKings. The Cubs are a pretty good offense. Not not the scariest. Um, maybe it—it's definitely not Ponce De Leon is not someone that's going to jump out to me as someone that I want to roster. I will say, though, that the price point is one where once it comes down to roster construction, I wouldn't be surprised if I start getting him at $7,500 just because he's cheap. You mentioned
0: about the right-handed bats with the Cardinals. Obviously, Paul Goldschmidt's going to be the one that is going to come to everyone's mind. Is there a right-handed bat that people should be considering?
1: Um, I mean, I, yeah, obviously it's, it's um, Goldschmidt, but you also – I guess we have to – the lineup's gonna look really weird because they're dealing with the uh, coronavirus outbreak. So, Paul DeYoung is gonna be out, I believe. Yadi Molina, I believe, is out. Mm-hmm. That's gonna water the lineup down a lot for Lester. So, I guess actually, I mean, he, he's expensive, is the problem. He's 9,100 on DraftKings, I think. Um, there, There's a chance though, that you get a really bad Cardinals lineup here. Um, if, yeah, so I think Tyler O'Neill should be in the lineup. He's 3K on DraftKings. This is a guy that does have power. Um and actually has some speed too. He's someone that I, I think can do some damage against Leicester and he's you're you're not really even sacrificing upside by rostering him.
0: In terms of uh bats on the Cubs side, and we talked a lot about the bats on the Cardinals side, is there somebody that
1: uh you know that's got you intrigued? Um, nobody in particular, I don't think. I think the Ponce de Leon is just a, a pretty decent pitcher mm-hmm. going back and looking at, at what he did last year. Uh, small sample size in the majors. He actually had a much higher strikeout percentage against lefties, but held lefties to a 117 expected ISO. Righties were at 167. Um, pricing on the Cubs doesn't look you know, super favorable. You do have um, a $2,600 Jason Hayward, which is certainly a spot you can look to if you're trying to get to Bauer and another uh, relatively expensive pitcher.
0: Uh, then we got the Angels and the Rangers. Uh, Lyle's going for the Rangers. 0-1 with a 6 ERA and canning 0-1 with a 3.38 going for the Angels.
1: Yeah, um, Garrett Canning is a young pitcher that I think actually has really good stuff. He dealt with an injury last year, but um, 82 and 86 pitches, his first two starts this year, four and two thirds and then six innings, uh, coming off of a six inning, one earned run, five strikeout start against Houston where he was good. He's 8,200, which is a, a pretty decent price tag here against a Texas offense that is just Bad. Uh, you have Joey Gallo. You have Shinsu Chu. And outside of that, there's not a whole lot here. There are strikeouts in this lineup. When Gallo is not hitting home runs, he's striking out constantly. If O'Dor's back, he strikes out. Chu will strike out. Um, Todd Frazier will strike out. Torino's is a high K guy. So there's plenty of strikeouts in this lineup for for Canning to pick up. Um, last season. In his, his limited time in the majors, he did strike out 26% of righties, 24% of lefties, so pretty good you know, against both sides of the plate. I think Canning uh, looks like a good option, and also obviously keep in mind that this game, they're, they're no longer playing. They have the new park in Texas, so good chance the roof will be closed here, which plays in pitchers' favor as well.
0: Yeah, it's right. It's right next to uh, Cowboy Stadium. It's uh, OK. It's it's uh, I've, I've done several games at Cowboy Stadium. It's it's interesting how that whole Cowboy Stadium area has just like it used to be. That was the only thing there. And now it's they've built that whole thing up. It's amazing what they've done there. Um, Obviously, Trout's is going to be the guy that everyone's always going to look at. And he's priced at fifty nine hundred on DK. Uh, Anyone? Any other bats interest you in that lineup?
1: We, had, we got Shohei Otani back in the lineup yesterday. Um, he had been day-to-day with his arm injury, so it sounds like he's done pitching until at least next year and he'll just be hitting. That's that's good from a DFS standpoint because this guy's a, an excellent hitter and him getting more at-bats can only do good things for him. So um, 4700 for him on DraftKings, while it's not a, a cheap price, it's still a... a good price for a guy with as much power as he has he really you know based on talent should be in that low to mid 5k range so otani stands out where you know he's 700 less than rendon he's 1200 less than trout he's got too much power for that
0: uh d backs in the pods uh 9 10 p.m eastern time weaver going for the d backs and davies for the
1: pods yeah davies not a guy that gets many strikeouts not someone that you're really going to be interested in uh for dfs Luke Weaver coming off of a solid strikeout season. He was someone that when he first came up with the Cardinals, I really didn't believe in, but um he he turned things around. Last year he struck out twenty eight and a half percent of righties, twenty five percent of lefties. The Padre's Certainly have some dangerous bats in their lineup, but they do have strikeouts in there too. Um, Tatis, Pham, these guys will strike out. Will Myers is a a high K guy. Um, And Weaver is not expensive. He's only 8K on DraftKings. I think that that's probably going to be one of the better projected mid-range pitchers. I think you probably get some ownership going there coming off of a start where he only went four innings. Gave up six earned, but it was against the Dodgers. He did throw 86 pitches, which is my primary takeaway, you know, that, that he stretched out. Um he he has been really bad in both starts this year. One coming against the Padres, where he got lit up for six runs, and then the one against the Dodgers. But obviously I'm more interested in the the body of work that Weaver has, you know, over more than two starts, and I think the salary is very affordable. In terms
0: of bats in this game, what what should people be looking at?
1: Um the Diamondbacks, I think so I don't think this game will get too much ownership just, you know, at first glance because it's, it's a relatively low total. Um, but I think the diamondbacks are probably going to be a good team to stack in, in your large field tournaments. They're not very expensive and Davies doesn't miss a lot of bats. Um, but there's a lot, a lot of power and speed on this diamondbacks team. They're not a team that's going to jump off the page very often and that'll keep their ownership down. But when you just look at, at, you know, this lineup, there's a lot of good hitters in it that are affordable. So I think, um, getting them as low on stacks in general is going to be a good strategy this year. And I think that today's no exception.
0: Mention about Grinky being the second highest salary pitcher on, on the slate going for the Astros going up against the A's, uh, Bassett for the A's 1-0 with a 0.93 ERA, grinky 0-0 with a 5 ERA.
1: Yeah. Grinkey, if I remember correctly, took a no hitter, for a while in uh, one of his two starts this year, but neither one ended up being very good. Um, Three earned runs and three and a third against Seattle, two earned runs and five and two thirds against the uh, angels through 83 pitches his last time out. It's always going to be tough for me to pay this salary for Granke. He's priced for his ability to limit runs, but obviously in DFS, you you only get so many points for limiting runs. Most of the points are going to come from strikeouts. And I just don't think he really compares to Bauer at that price point in terms of strikeout stuff. Uh, Last season he struck out, 22.5% 22.5% of righties, which was six points lower, or sorry, of hitters, overall hitters, which was six points lower than Bauer. Um, It is a good strikeout matchup against Oakland, um, a lot of power in that lineup, but also a lot of strikeouts. Um, But I, I just have trouble thinking that he has as much upside as, as Bauer does.
0: In terms of uh, bats, and maybe
1: some under the radar bats. Yeah, I don't think there's a whole lot here that I'm going to like. I mean, you can make an argument for both of these teams just because they do have so much power, but this game's in Oakland, which isn't a, a good park for hitting in large part because there's so much foul territory balls that would be out of play in other stadiums are, are outs here. And it's hard to string big innings together, but also expected to be in the low to mid sixties, uh, ball's not going to fly like it will in some of these other stadiums where it's hot and humid. granky obviously is a good pitcher. Chris Bassett isn't bad either. Um, Outside of the the obvious that anytime you're talking about a team that has as much power as the Astros or as much power as the A's, they they give you tournament upside. There's nothing that makes mm-hmm. me think this is a spot where they're particularly likely to do well.
0: Would this be a game you would say not not a favorite stack because just of the park?
1: Yeah, pretty much. I mean, it's basically the the way that I would end up getting to these teams is if you know, like Alex's top stack tool going into into lock, you know, has these teams that you know like one or two percent ownership just based on how much power they have, they're going to have a higher chance of success than that. Um, but, you know, just kind of looking at it early on, neither of them jumps out as, as something that I'm targeting for any reason, other than low ownership.
0: Yeah. You have to, you have to use all those tools that we have over at It can, it can help you build that, that quality life that you're all looking for. Uh, two more games left. we got the Rockies and the Mariners. Uh, what's your thoughts on this one?
1: I think you say Kikuchi probably will be my highest known pitcher. Um, I normally don't normally wouldn't say something like that, you know this early on, because obviously I haven't done any sort of lineup building. but uh, this is a guy who had some fanfare when he came over from uh, Japan, really struggled last year, came out this year averaging ninety five miles an hour on his fastball, um which is up two or three miles an hour from last year. And he, he got lit up by the Astros in his first start. Second start, though, struck out nine A's in six innings. Um, he's 5K on DraftKings, pitching in Seattle, so you're getting uh, against the Rockies. So you're getting Colorado outside of Coors. You basically have two, two and a half right-handed bats that you have to be concerned about here. You have Trevor Story, you have Nolan Arenado, and then you have Matt Kemp and Chris Owings, which you know, whatever, if they have a good game, then, then so be it. But um, other than that, you know, the, the good hitters on the Rockies are left-handed. So you have the platoon advantage for Kikuchi. I really think it's just a mispricing. It's almost like uh, the DraftKings algorithm thinks this game is in cores or something. Uh,
0: in terms of the Mariners' bats, I mean, you mentioned how much you you love the pitching here, but what about their bats?
1: Uh, yeah, not as excited about the bats, but they are pretty cheap. Um, Antonio Senzatella, not a, a great pitcher, doesn't miss a ton of bats. He did make some adjustments in the off season, and looks like maybe he's going to be a little bit better this year. Uh, he's throwing hard; his strikeouts have been up a little bit, and you know that that's great. But um, you do have pretty favorable pricing on JP Crawford. Um, Kyle Lewis has a lot of power and is only thirty nine hundred. Um, a, a mini stack consisting of like Crawford, Lewis, Seager, or Crawford, Seager, Vogelbach, something like that is a, a decent way to save money here.
0: In the final game of the night is the Giants and the Dodgers. Samarja going for the Giants. So, uh, Are you you looking at these Dodger bats as uh, trying to target against Samarja?
1: Yeah. um, Samarja outside of San Francisco is a spot that I I normally like to target. Um, Gives up plenty of power. Going back to last season, he actually has allowed a he allowed a 219 ISO to lefties, but a 260 expected ISO. Um, so obviously, left-handed bats are where you would really like to get to, and you have no shortage of that from the Dodgers with Jack Peterson, Cody Bellinger, and Max Muncie. Um, Corey Seager also just hitting the hell out of the ball to start the season off. Seems like he's fully healthy for the first time in a while after dealing with some elbow injuries in the past. So um, I, I think that you know right now the Dodgers have an applied run total approaching six. I don't think that's surprising. I don't think they're going to go overlooked, but I do think that they are one of the the top stacks here going against Samarja.
0: You know, in terms of uh, top stacks, because uh, obviously as everyone's listening to the show, they're they're trying to figure out, you know, who are the who are the top stacks that they should be looking at. Is is there uh, you know, maybe a team we haven't talked about in terms of stack that you believe people should be looking at?
1: Um yes, I mean the, the Dodgers are obviously the one that, that jumps off the page. I think the Indians maybe it depending on ownership, um, you certainly could see them getting some ownership. Depends kind of how people feel about Cease, and I don't – we don't have a Vegas line yet, so that normally does a lot in in terms of ownership. But um, they're – in general, I I like if they're going to be low-owned looking to teams like this that are going against a pitcher who's who has really good stuff in Cease but who struggles to throw strikes and – is just really volatile, like there's certainly a chance that he just goes out there and shuts them down. And if he's locating, that's probably going to happen because he's going to be really tough to hit. But he struggles with his command. And if he's getting behind in counts, he's going to be forced to throw fastballs over the plate to this team. And they have a ton of power. So um, going, you know, looking to take advantage of spots like that, as long as the ownership is low, is I think a, a good strategy. So they would be a team that I'll be really interested to see kind of what the field is doing. And then I'll look through the opposite of course this is the
0: early bird podcast and of course all day on friday we'll have dfs coverage over at osmo.com and the osmo youtube channel it all starts at nine o'clock in the morning with the osmo betting show then we'll have the nba strategy show with josh and ben and then i'll be with greg for the mlb strategy show at 11 a.m also we got the nhl strategy show nba live before lock mlb live before lock as well of course you want to head over to osmo.com and We are excited to bring you our inaugural season-long fantasy football and best ball draft kit. Using the same tools that have helped make Alex Osmo Baker the number one daily fantasy sports player, we have compiled a package that will revolutionize the way you prepare for fantasy football drafts. For only $29.95, our draft kit includes everything you need to prep, including rankings, projections, sleeper tools, loads of content from our experts, and the draft wingman, which will update team projections in real time based on who you have already drafted. As an added bonus, new FFPC members get a $35 credit when they sign up for an awesome draft kit which basically makes it free don't miss this one dominate your fantasy and best ball leagues today of course we'll be here all on friday cover for mlb adam uh of course i uh, let one know i mean you're 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 a great follow on twitter uh, there's times where i just i just sit there and just laugh at some of the things you tweet
1: yeah tw- uh, twitter's entertainment for me but uh yeah you can follow me on twitter at ship my money dfs Of course, I am at Jason underscore Foy. This is the Early
0: Bird Podcast. We are sponsored by Super Of course, be sure to like Osmo here on YouTube, give it a thumbs up. Or, of course, also give us that five-star review on your favorite podcasting app.